just don't cry You can rely on me, honey You can combine anything you want I'll be around What's up, everyone? Welcome to uh, another episode of the AXPX Podcast, the Armchair Philosopher. I'm your host, Sean DeRager. Uh, really want to appreciate all of you for checking out the show, and uh, I've seen some the listener numbers kind of bump up a little bit um, each week, and it's been really fun to watch uh, more people check out the show. I um, hope you're getting a lot out of it. Um, I want to try to start a dialogue, more of a dialogue with, with uh, you who are listening, and um, the best way to do that would be to uh, go to the AXPX.com, and uh, there's a contact uh, uh, page. Click on contact, and then just draw me an email. I would love to hear your story um, on any – wherever you're at in your faith journey, and I would love to have shows where I actually read um, some of your stories. And then uh, you know, eventually down, down the road, who knows, maybe I can uh, get one of you on the show um, and we can talk about your journey. But um, I'd love more, I would love more of a dialogue um, – and um, so you can also uh, dialogue with me on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the AXPX. And I, I post tons of stories every week there and would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. And that's what this is all about. This is all about just having a dialogue about uh, about faith, about the, the journey that we're all on uh, in, in our lives. And uh, we're all on, on a different journey. And that's really why I started this podcast, because no one is on the same path. And so many people have so many different belief systems that they really hold dear. Uh, I want to try to expose those and uh, talk about them uh, with the show, and not necessarily have a certain bias to one, you know, to one re- religion or one uh, worldview. I myself, you know, personally do have a, a Christian background. Um, I am at a point in my life where I am uh, searching, uh, wanting to hear different opinions and different, uh, just learning different things about you know my the faith that I grew up in. Um, you know, but generally I, I do hold a lot of, uh, Christian perspectives. So, um, you know, I try to be as biased as I can, but of course my, my personal Christian background is definitely going to come into the conversation. Uh, this week we're talking about finding faith and going to be talking to a, uh, a good friend of mine's pastor on his journey, um, on his journey to becoming a pastor. And it should be really a uh, interesting conversation. I'm really looking forward to talking with him. And kind of balancing out, you know, two weeks ago, I did a show called Losing Faith and talked to my friend Josiah, who is now an atheist. Um, so this week, uh, we'll be talking to someone who found their faith and uh, is is, uh, is is a pastor of a church in Iowa, and uh, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Um, and I hope each week to bring something new to the table. I really want to... Um, you know, talk more to someone who's had a, a journey with us, you know, spirituality with like uh, Buddhism or uh, Taoism, or um, I would someday who really hoped to talk to somebody with a, you know, with, with an, uh, an Islamic background. Um, Hindu would be great to have someone uh, on the show who, who has that background. So, um, you know, each week it's just going to be something new. For now, it's probably going to be a lot of Christian oriented stuff. Uh, just because those are the people that I guess surround my, uh, who are in my little circle of friends, are easiest to to get a hold of. But um, as this show, you know, grows and more people start listening, I would definitely like to have you uh, contact me about your journey and and um, 
what you've found and, and what you hold dear um, or what you don't believe. Um, anyway, just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for the future of the show. And um, and also, I do want to... I know that last week I talked about doing a show where me and a couple of friends will play some of our, our Christian music that we liked as younger. Um, didn't really work out this week. Like, like I said... I'm on pretty much on baby watch. In the next few weeks, my son will be born, so I'm kind of trying to fit in these shows whenever I can, and um, we'll see what happens after he's after he's born. I probably will have less time, but um, we'll see. I'm gonna, gonna try to keep the show going um, as long as I can. You know, there may be a couple weeks where there may be a lapse in shows, but I would definitely try to let everyone know if there is gonna be. And um, but hopefully not. Uh, that's the great thing about this type of show is there's always stuff to talk about and there's always people to talk to. So next, I'm going to play an interview I had with uh, with Pastor Tim Trudeau. He's the pastor of the Grace Community Church in Boone, Iowa. Just want to give you guys a heads up: the interview is uh, audio wise not uh, up to par um, with how I normally normally like it. But um, he was on he was on a phone, and I tried to get rid of some buzz, so it degraded the quality of the call a little bit. But I did get rid of that buzz, so you'll you'll uh, it's a lot better than it was. But uh, pretty inter- pretty interesting conversation, and uh, he's a really good guy. So, but first, I'm gonna play a song by Dennis and Whitmer. The song is called "Forgiven," off of one of my favorite albums of his. The album is called "Of Joy and Sorrow." You're listening to the AXPX podcast. Yeah. 
Uh, this is the AXPX Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Sean DeRager, and today I have a, a very special guest. I'm, I'm talking to Pastor Tim Trudeau, um, pastor of Grace Community Church in Boone, Iowa. Uh, Tim, thanks, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, talking with me today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, should I call you Pastor or oh, Tim? Shit. Pastor Tim? Tim? Is fine. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, first, first of all, um, I would like to to give you a chance to kind of give your you know give your testimony. Um, last week, I talked with a friend of mine that, um, or not last week, two weeks ago, who I knew him when he was a um, kind of charismatic Christian, and through the course of time, and as we sep- you know uh, separated ways, and I moved out to, uh, to to Oklahoma and then to California. Here, he through that time became an atheist. So I figured it would be a great compliment to that show to talk to someone who. Um, uh, someone like you. Uh, so you're you're a pastor um, of a church in Boone. If, if you can just uh, give us, um, it doesn't have to be brief. Just uh, your your testimony, how you came to find to find the Lord, and um, and when you first, I guess, jumped into ministry or decided to go to to Bible college. What's your what's your 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 testimony of your of how you came to find God? Well, I grew up in a a very devout Roman Catholic home. And my parents, uh, the same, and all my family on both sides. I'm French-Canadian, and uh, my ancestors came down to Minnesota from Montreal, and they were all very devout Catholics. I followed in that train. I grew up an altar boy and a cantor and uh, regularly attended church and uh, ended up leader in the youth group and that sort of thing in the Catholic church. And when I was... Uh, junior in high school, I landed a lead in a high school musical. Brigadoon, as it turns out. And it's about these two Americans that uh, stumble across this this uh, town in the Scottish Highlands that only appears once every hundred years. And I was one of the two Americans. And we took musicals very seriously in our high school. And we rehearsed for three months leading up to the to the production. And it turned out that Four of the six leads that were together night after night for these three months, uh, it was just obvious there was something different about them. They were all friends. They all went to the same church. And uh, the way they related to one another and also the, the quality of their life, their joy, their integrity, it was just obvious there was something there. And I got to know one of them quite well, and, and uh, we started to go out. She was a gal two years older than me. I guess I was a sophomore, so she was a senior. And uh, we started to go out, not really dating, but uh, I just had lots of questions, and we would we would go out for pizza or that kind of thing, and uh, I just started asking her a lot of questions. She, she, I'd never read the Bible. I believed in it, I suppose, but we had a great big, you know, coffee table <laughs> kind of Bible at home, uh, but nobody ever read it. And uh, so... She was telling me all kinds of things that confused me. I thought that if I was good enough, I kind of met some sort of ethical standard. There was sort of like a cutoff line, you know. If you are above the line, you go to heaven, and you're below the line, you don't sort of thing. And she said that wasn't it at all, that uh, Christianity involved a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, those who had this relationship went to heaven, and those who didn't don't. And that, that confused me, and I went down to a local book and Bible store downtown in our town in northwestern Minnesota. I bought myself a Bible and started to read. And sure enough, everything she was saying was 
substantiated, verses like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Wow, that was entirely opposite of what I had thought of growing up to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, then a junior when uh, she and I had another conversation one night, and she kind of led me in a prayer where I... Uh, Thanked Christ for dying on the cross for my sins. I, I didn't really know quite what to say, but I, I never really prayed anything other than, you know, the Lord's Prayer, the Virgin, the, uh, the Prayer to Mary and that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm trying to put this in my own words when I'm praying, but, mm-hmm. you know, thanks for dying on the cross for my sins. Uh, I want to be in relationship with you and, uh, I trust you with my life. Some, something like that. Mm-hmm. And from that day, um, things were different. I just, uh, uh, my life changed, my friends changed, my goals changed. I I had been thinking uh, probably medical school, and uh, my parents were very much for that. And uh, But by the time I was a senior, I really had, I already sensed God was calling me into some kind of Christian ministry. My parents were dismayed by all this on the one hand, uh, and kind of confused by it. On the other hand, they saw some changes in me. I was more respectful at home and uh, other kinds of things. But when I said I thought I was going to go into Christian ministry, they were dead set against it. They said, well, if you're going to do that, we're not going to help you and support you in any way. It was quite a shock to them. Uh, My family was heavily Catholic for centuries, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went off to college, double majoring in biology and chemistry because I wanted to respect them and honor their wishes. And after a year, they, without any further comment on my part, without me really saying anything to them, a year later they came to me and said, well, we changed our mind, uh, do whatever you want and we'll support you in it. So I changed my majors to speech and history <laughs> and uh, finished college, went on to seminary in the Chicago area, and now I've been pastoring for almost 30 years. Which uh, which seminary did, did you go to in Chicago? Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. It's in Deerfield, the northwest suburb of Chicago. Great. Um, so... So you said about you know the Roman Catholic Church. You you kind of when you met this this Christian girl, it, she uh, had a lot of different things to say than y- you had learned in 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 the the Catholic Church. Did you go through like catechism and stuff like that through the Catholic, Catholic Church? Church? I did. Yep. So 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 what was missing from so uh, so you go through catechism, which is it's like it's biblical learning, right? It's kind of like it's not a Sunday school, but it's kind of a kind of a class you go to and you graduate from. Is that correct? Right. Right. So, so all that time in catechism in that church, what, what, what were, what were they teaching you that was, you know, what were they leaving out? You know, I mean, it just, it, 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 it always blows my mind. My, my mom was raised Catholic and it was the same thing when she, when she became a Christian, she, there was all this stuff that she didn't really know. Um, what did they actually focus on, I guess, in, in catechism and, in, in the Catholic church? You know, uh, I remember memorizing the popes and it was a lot of, Catholic Church history and Catholic Church doctrine, we didn't really talk about the Bible or really even open the Bible. I don't remember, I hardly remember ever holding a Bible in my hands Hmm. until this woman, this, you know, this uh, Christian friend in the high school Mm -hmm. introduced me to it. 
I was quite surprised. In fact, I didn't even know that uh, there were two books in the Bible that had my name to them. <laughs> first and second Timothy. Or maybe if I knew it, I didn't even think about it right. until she showed me the Bible. And those are the first two books that I read just because, wow, look at that. My name's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. So they, so, so they focus mainly on kind of Catholic Church doctrine and, and the Catholic Church history. That's right. It's really, really interesting. Did, did they teach anything? Because I know the Catholic Bible has a Apocrypha, a Apocrypha book. Did they, did they teach any of that? Or was that just uh, everything was kind of left, left out? You know, I didn't even know until later that there was a difference between the Catholic Bible and the Protestant Bible. Uh, if they mentioned it, I missed it. You know, right, I, I don't right. remember. That was probably 7th, 8th grade. I, I, okay. Uh, if they talked about that, I didn't. That part went right past me. Yeah, yeah. So, so you go to, uh, you go to seminary. Um, what? What were your, your kind of, uh, was seminary pretty smooth or did you have were there any challenges with, with once you started learning more and more about the Bible and, um, and, uh, I don't know if you, if they went into biblical history or anything like that. Were there any challenges you got over, you had to get over during, during seminary? What was the, I guess, kind of the, the biggest hurdle you faced during those years? Well, uh, one hurdle was a lot of the guys I was in seminary with had grown up in a Protestant church. They had gone on to Bible college, like maybe Wheaton Bible College or some other school where they've had a lot of Bible training. They maybe had Greek already. They, but I was way behind the curve, I suppose, mm-hmm. sort of amounts to. And, uh, I had a lot of catching up to do. And that, so that was one challenge. The professors were using terms, you know, theological terms and philosophical terms in the classroom that most of the students were familiar with, and I wasn't. The teachers assumed some things that, at least in my case, couldn't be assumed. I remember uh, D.A. Carson was a professor and mentor of mine in seminary, and uh, I remember him asking in class, how many here had never read through the Bible entirely even one time before you came to seminary? And I was the only one who raised my hand. <laughs> so, so that was a challenge. Uh, it also, you know, it wasn't exactly what I expected. I never really talked to anybody who'd gone to seminary. I didn't know what to expect. I just kind of thought you covered the whole Bible and you came out and you knew the whole Bible. And uh, it wasn't like that at all. It was more they were putting tools in my hands so that I could study the Bible the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know? which makes sense. It's just that uh, that wasn't what I, I just didn't have any concept of what to expect. And it wasn't quite what I expected in that regard. Right. So, so once you get out of uh, got out of seminary, um, did you start pastoring right away? Did you have odd jobs? What, what was the the kind of the? Yeah, I uh, the church I started attending in high school. I started going on Wednesday nights to youth group and Sunday night church with these friends, these new friends I'd met through this musical. And going on Sunday morning to the Catholic Church with my parents. I was going to both for the last couple of years of high school. And, uh, let's see what was I going to that? Oh, well, getting into the pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went back there after two years of seminary. I went back to that church and I was a full time intern 
uh, kind of a youth pastor, but I also led uh, a senior citizens Bible study and did some other things. Uh, I was there for a, for a full year, a really good experience under a godly mentor. And then when I went back to seminary for my final year, the church I had been attending in the Chicago area, their pastor left just three months after I got back to seminary. So I wasn't even done yet, and that church asked me if I'd be interested in being their pastor. So I didn't even go through the normal process of applying and, you know, going through the district superintendents and that sort of thing. This church just asked me to submit my resume. I did, and they called me as their pastor. And that was in Fox Lake. It's a far north suburb of Chicago, and I was there six years. Hmm. <laughs> and then... um. And then uh, eventually, how long have you been at the at Grace Community Church in, in Boone, Iowa? I've been at Grace is a new church. Uh-huh. I'm the only, first and only pastor, so to speak. Uh, and I've been with Grace about 11 and a half years. Right. Cool. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get uh, going to go to a song, and sure. then um, we'll come back and we'll, we'll chat more um, about uh, about faith. Um so the song I'm going to play uh, is one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's by Dustin Kenzer. The song is called Please Come Home. It's off of the album called Please Come Home. Um, so this is Dustin Kenzer. We'll be back talking to Pastor Tim Trudeau right after this. Well, I woke one morning Found you staring down at me Said I'll take my share now, Father. Please, and you took your money and you took your leave. You took my heart and turned your back on me. And you hit the town. And you hit the bottle hard. Round in your fancy cars And you load all your money On brothers' beds and bars Before you know your broken times get hard I still stand to you
So that was Dustin Kinsrue's song is called Please Come Home, one of my favorite songs off his album. Uh, it's his only self-titled, or it's his only album out right now, and I, I believe he's actually working on a praise album next, um, and uh, so you should check it out. Um, good stuff. He's actually the, the lead singer of the band Thrice, um, if you've ever heard that band, so good stuff all around. I'm talking to Pastor Tim Trudeau of uh, Grace Community Church in Boone, Iowa. Um so now I want to talk into about, you know, pastoring a church today. I mean, a lot, it seems like a lot of people like my age and, and, and maybe a little below, like, I don't know, I don't know what causes it, but we seem to, at least the people I know, there seems to be more of a struggle with kind of settling on, on, uh, on, on the Christian faith, or there seems to be a lot more. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's all, maybe it's been all the way around, but with my friends right now, there seems to be a lot of, a lot of doubt right now, um, with this generation. And I don't really know what caused it. Do you see that in your church with your congregation? Do you have conversations with people kind of struggling with that as far, I guess, you know, the age group, I don't know, twenties to thirties? Yeah, sure. I, I do see a lot of that. Uh, I'm not sure what the explanations are yeah. either. Uh, I mean, it, it seems so very depending on the person. Some grew up in a church where they didn't have a very good experience. Uh, you know, people there said one thing and did another, and that, that uh, hypocrisy turned them off, or they came from a kind of a legalistic background, or they came from maybe the way the other side, such a uh, uh, heavily... Um, charismatic kind of thing that mm-hmm. there was no substance to it or they came out of a church that um, didn't really preach anything you know there was no foundation to it and uh, so there are all kinds of backgrounds or reasons why people who were previously churched have walked away from mm-hmm. it really it's quite very depending on where they came from I guess what yeah. the, the church how, how would you count like if someone came to you uh Saying, hey, you know, I have a bunch of downs. So how do you counsel? Do you have, uh, have you counseled anyone? Has anyone come oh, to sure. you? And sure. How, how do you respond to them? I, I mean, I, I know this is, uh, I mean, this, everyone's experiences are different, but, um, are there certain things that you, I guess, uh, it's, it's hard to get general with this kind of question, but, um, what, how do you, how would you, I guess, encourage them? Well, uh, you know, it does, of course, depend upon the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some you have to go all the way back to sort of a foundationalism. I mean, is there such a thing as truth? Is there anything we can know? 
truly what is truth and those sorts of questions. You know, some folks are way back that far, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Others aren't questioning those kinds of things, but uh, uh, it depends a little. I uh, taught philosophy for several years at the community college here. I had a lot of fun with it. I taught mm-hmm. uh, philosophy and ethics, and so I've had a lot of experience. You know, a lot of the students were dealing with the kind of things you're talking about. It's fun to interact with them, and so that gives me a background to, to answer some of those questions or kind of walk them through at least where I've gone, you know, how, where's my certainty, where's my hope, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, so, so I guess, yeah, so you're, so, so being a pastor of a church, you do have a lot of people come, come with things like that, but, um, what's, what, what would you, like, being a pastor of a church, what would you consider, like, the hardest part of, you know, of being a pastor? What's the, what's the one uh, thing that's... Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, everybody <laughs> likes to be liked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you like to have people pleased with you. You like to have people like you and that kind of thing. And when you pass through, we run about 220 people here on a Sunday morning. And, and so our total church family is probably 450, something like that, if you included everybody who would call this their church home. Well, that's a lot of different opinions and ideas and perspectives. And, uh, you know, one of the things I had to learn in the pastor is uh, I have to do, be, and say who God would have me to be. And I can't put my finger to the wind and, and try and please everybody. Mm-hmm. It's impossible on the one side, and it's, it's a lack of character and integrity on the other. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like Paul's words where he says, by the grace of God, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through a time where I was getting a lot of criticism in a former church, and and I'm asking myself, you know, kind of like going through a carnival of mirrors, you know, you ever went through one of those things where, you know, you're the tall, skinny person, and you're the short, fat person, and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Uh, you know, that was a helpful image to me, in my the way this person sees me, the way that person sees me, or who am I, you know? Uh, well, by the grace of God, I am who I am, and, and uh, I have to not pay that much attention to um, other people's views of me or other people's desires of me or that sort of thing. I just have to uh, do as I believe God would have me to do, be who God would have me to be. And, uh, and then, like Paul says, uh, he hope to hear his well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Not, not just for their approval first. Right, yeah, that's 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 interesting because I I mean if you if you read the New Testament, I mean I think Paul is pretty open with the things he struggled with. And I know that, you know, him and Peter didn't see eye to eye on things and and that's evident in the in the New Testament scriptures and uh yeah. so yeah, I think that's an important thing for people to to hear because I think a lot of people and, and and me included, with both my church history, I put a lot of um, stake into in the pastor, you know, and I think that. Um, and I was talking about this last week about even with Christian bands. For some reason, people seem to put um, uh, their idea of of the individual on that person, and when that person doesn't live up to it, they you know they get hurt and they and they walk away. So I think that's it's great to just be who you are because I think people see that there's a there does there's an honesty and integrity to that. Yeah, and uh, that's 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 how I try to live my my life. I'm pretty try to be pretty honest with with how what I'm feeling when 
And uh, even though it, it, it'll tick some people off or pe- people get uh, right now, right now with my, uh, I'm reading a whole lot and I'm, I've kind of gone th- going through uh, a journey of finding my, what my faith is and uh, me being open with that was hard, open about, about that was hard to a lot of, a lot of people, especially my, my family. Um, so, so I think it's good to, to, to be that way, especially, especially as a pastor, it's just good to for people to, I guess, see you as a, as a human being. <laughs> it's yeah, hard to, it's hard, it is hard to please everyone, but yeah. that's, that's a good philosophy. Um, yeah, have. I hope that, uh, you know, honesty, integrity, uh, those transparency, I hope those are words people would use with me. That's certainly who I want to be. Yeah. Um, do you, you said you taught philosophy. Do you, um, for, was it was for a couple of years at the community college? Uh, I think it was 2001 to 2006. Yeah. Do you, or five years. do you find that that experience, um, kind of helps you with your, your, your weekly, uh, sermons? Do you incorporate, I mean, is that, do you feel like that helps you with, with being a pastor of a church? Having a, yeah, more yeah, I did. It helped me understand uh, you know, after you've been a pastor for so long and, and you, you just deal in a, in a church world, so to speak, uh, you kind of forget that, yeah, I'll call it back to my seminary experience, you know, when I came there and everybody else knew all the language and I didn't, mm-hmm. well, I kind of forget that there are a lot of people out there who don't know the language, mm-hmm. so to speak, that I know. Yeah, and, and it reminded me that I, have to, I can't take as much for granted in terms of uh, the the base of knowledge, so to speak, that they already possess when I'm preaching, I need to I need to I, I try to think about you know someone in the class who didn't know that the Bible had both an Old and a New Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty basic, and they didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what if those people are coming into the church here? I, I need to I, I can't use. Um, Theological language that confuses people without explaining the terms at least, or, or, or just acknowledging that, that in our culture people don't have the, the background in the Bible that I, I probably overassumed in earlier in ministry and I mm-hmm. try not to assume quite as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the, um, in, in, in your, your, your ministry and all, all your, uh, your years of being a Christian, what's what's the the one thing that uh, helps helps you know you know that that God is there? You know what I mean. And this is something that I personally r- wrestle with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me being being young, and and I see people who have. Well, I had this experience and that experience. Um, what's the the thing that affirms to you daily that that God is definitely real and definitely part of your life? Well, part of it is experience, of course. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, you ask me, how how do I know? And I would just say, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't expect that to be convincing to anybody else. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but my own experience is convincing to me. So, there, I, <laughs> I mean, I've experienced the, the sweet presence of God with me. Uh, uh, I've, I've felt, metaphorically speaking, his arms around me. I've felt... Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what Romans eight sixteen says, uh, the Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. Well, I've heard, I've, I've heard that. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, not like the clouds part in the voice of heaven. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I can say that within myself, I've, I've experienced that. I've tasted of that. So that would be, for me, that's the most convincing argument. 
I don't expect others to be convinced by that argument. And right. I make more, you know, a, a, a defense of my faith going elsewhere with other people. But was was there was there a time in your life that you felt it the most? Um, yeah, situation. You know, uh, and I've heard others say similar kinds of things, and I think even in scripture that you see people have had experiences, and it's often in the darkest or the most painful times mm-hmm. when God draws most intimately near and you for example, Job um was a very godly man, a righteous man who whom everyone would have said knew God better than almost anyone else they knew. And yet after Job went through all of his trials that are chronicled in, in the book that bears his name, uh, it's toward the end of that book that God reveals himself in a way Job had never seen him before, and so Job says, I think it's chapter 42, before I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you with the seeing of the eye. I mean, his, his experience and God disclosing himself to Job in the midst of the trial caused Job, you know, Job to see God in a way he'd never seen him before. Mm-hmm. And I, I could say I've experienced something like that. In the, I went through a church split that was a very painful experience. Uh, I went to pastor church that I knew was divided, and I thought I could be an agent of, of uh, a unifying agent in the church, and it turns out it, all the division only became worse, and the church split, and I resigned, and it was a very painful time. And I can say that God sustained me. He drew near to me. He um, showed himself to me in ways that were comforting and helpful during those days. Mm. That's good. Well, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, uh, any other questions for you. Um, um, I guess, I guess, uh, I, I listened to, to one of your, to one of your sermons, um, earlier today. And, uh, I really appreciated the, uh, it seems like you take a lot of, um, there's a lot of thought put into, to the sermon. Uh, you know, that's, that's how I, I perceived it. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, a lot of off the cuff. I've, I've heard quite a few different pastors in my, I used to church, I used to, I used to be a church hopper <laughs> back in Tulsa. So I've, you know, I've heard a lot of different, uh, types of pastors. But your, your sermons seem very well thought out, uh, and planned. And I really, uh, appreciated that about the sermon. What's, what, what's your, like every Sunday, do you have a certain goal that you want to cover or, or how do you get to, um, you know, your, cause as a pastor, you got to, you know, you got to sit up, you got to make sure for you, you fill a half hour to 45 minutes every Sunday, right? With the, right. with the right. sermon. What's, um, do you have a process or do you feel something that you feel led like during that week you would like to discuss or do you do, um, series? How do you, uh, what's your yeah. process with, with, uh, with doing a sermon each week? Usually it's a series. Normally I preach through books of the Bible. Uh-huh. I just finished Colossians not long ago. Maybe what you heard was a sermon out of that series. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so like started in January and I preached, started at Colossians 1-1 and I preached all the way through to the end of the book. And my goal is to take a, a passage, uh, depending on the book I'm preaching, you know, usually if it's in the New Testament, it may be anywhere from 10, 15, 20 verses, something like that. Old Testament, sometimes I might cover more territory. My goal is simply to say in a a clear, 
orderly and hopefully relevant and applicable way what I think that text is saying. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to, to open it up to the people what God is saying to them in that passage. That's my normal process. Uh, occasionally I'll do a, a more of a topical kind of series. Right now I'm doing a series on the assurance of salvation. And I'm still preaching text each week, but it's, you know, from different books of the Bible mm-hmm. that, that all relate to the topic. And so, like uh, last week, I was in... Uh, oh, <laughs> 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 My mind is one way. I was in John chapter 14. And, uh, the week, you know, I've been in Romans, I've been in First John, I'll be in Second Timothy, you know, different passages over the course of this series. But typically I'm preaching through a book. Last year I did something that was probably the most daunting I've ever done for me and the congregation. And I started in the beginning of January in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1 and we ended the third week of December in Isaiah chapter 66. Just wow. straight, straight through. And, uh, <laughs> that was hard for me and <laughs> I think people appreciate it, but it was harder to hear than a lot of things I've done. Right, right. <laughs> that's a that's a big book. It was, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I know that uh, there's uh, there's been. In in the news in the past week, well, past few weeks or whatever, there's been little YouTube clips of certain uh, certain pastors kind of getting involved politically. Do you do you feel that the church or or your church do you feel that it has a place in politics, or do you kind of keep that out of your um of the sermons and stuff like that? What's your, what's your uh, what's your idea of the relationship between like politics and and you know your church congregation? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I I I suppose. You, if you asked our congregation, they would say I stay out of it. Uh-huh. They're, they're, uh, I don't preach relevant political issues. I may occasionally reference them, you know, if it's relevant to the text I'm preaching, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, or may use it as an illustration of some sort. But but it's it's you know I'm not uh, you know I think of Jerry Falwell, for example, moral majority and that sort of thing. And, and, in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. they were, you know, that the topic was a political topic, and then, uh, and then they approach it from the Bible. I, I, you know, I don't, my, I don't let the uh, the current political winds drive my agenda, but I certainly will mention them along the way mm-hmm. if it's relevant to the text I'm preaching. Uh, I did preach a whole series that uh, sort of defines my understanding of the church and the world. And I preach different texts that my thinking is that we need to go out as Christians and live with integrity in our workplaces, our schools, wherever we are. And that's the way the gospel goes forth. And nothing is accomplished by the, the church becoming one more political action committee trying to shove its agenda down the, down the culture's throat. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't think that's effective, nor do I think it's what the church is called to do. And too often, at least in the past 20, 30 years, that's what the church has been too much in mm-hmm. culture. Uh, I would like to see the church be what Jeremiah 29 describes, where that's during the years that Israel was in captivity in Babylon, an entirely hostile culture to their way of life. And Jeremiah's instructions come, and he seek the welfare of the people among whom you're living in Babylon. And, 
and do good for them and pray for them. And, I, you know, that's how I would want the church to interact with the world. And that's how I would want our church to be seen in relationship to at least our community and, and culture. That's good. Yeah. I wish I wish more churches were like that. I would. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. polarizing, you know, the, the, this radical left, radical right uh-huh. polarization, there's got to be a civility to our public discourse, a recognition of the pluralistic nature of our society, and, and that seems to be lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always feel like you know. Uh, I still, I, mean, I, I still identify myself as a Christian. I may be a searching Christian, but I d- identify myself as as a Christian. I always feel like I'm apologizing for other Christians. <laughs> I'm talking to like you know my unbelieving friends and um and and others with different worldviews. I always feel like if I say that I'm a Christian, they're going to identify me with that crazy uh you know North Carolina pastor that was just on the news or something. <laughs> you know, so right. So, hey, Sean, I hear my phone beeping. I think my battery is... It's okay, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, Tim, I, r- I really want to appreciate you talking with me uh, about your life and, and your church and everything. Uh, uh, I think we got some good stuff here. Good. So, um, I'm going to send people to graceccboone.com. They can hear your sermons on there. Right. And uh, uh, if you're ever in Boone, Iowa, stop by. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Josh. All right, Tim. Um, uh, I'm sure I'll be in touch with you and, uh, in, in the future. And uh, thanks again. I really appreciate the time you, you spent with me today. Yeah, glad to. Thanks. All right. Have yourself a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. And I'd like to, again, thank my guest, um, Pastor Tim Trudeau of Grace Community uh, Church in Boone, Iowa. Um Again, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the show, on topics that I post on the website or the Facebook. You can find me on uh, on Twitter at uh, the AXPX. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AXPX, or go to the AXPX.com and you'll find the shows there. And whenever I'm able to write an article, I'm going to put up an article up on there. Um, the show's in iTunes. If you haven't uh, found the show in iTunes yet, if you're listening on the website, um, go to iTunes and subscribe. Uh, if you can, it would really help, uh, to get, get more subscribers on iTunes. And then if you can, I would love it if you can, uh, on, in iTunes, leave a, a review, a star review on there and, uh, leave your thoughts on the show. Hopefully positive. Um, cause I guess the more comments or more reviews and, and listeners and through iTunes are, you kind of go up in the rankings. I don't, you know, having this show is really not about me getting up in any rankings. But um, anyway, it would just it would be great if uh, if uh, you guys can throw your thoughts up on there. So um, I'll have a lot a lot of great things. I wish I had the shows planned out uh, enough to let so I can let you know what's coming up next week. Um, but like I said, my my wife's gonna be having a baby soon, and uh, kind of seat in my pants. I know that uh, hopefully. Well, the idea that I have is to talk to a guy um, who runs a ministry called uh, Antioch. Um, there's one in, in Temecula, California here. There's an Antioch and I think in LA, um, what they do every Sunday night at uh, a church, uh, here nearby, they have, they've been having like debates. They've been having people come in, um, like an atheist come in or philo- more philosophy, like they would have debates. Um, I know that right now they're doing a series on, uh, on, I believe the historical Jesus and was Jesus real. And I'm hoping to go this Sunday night. So I'm hoping to talk to uh, one of the guys who helps helps run that ministry. Um, really cool what they're doing, and especially with my 
my faith journey right now, um, something I really uh, appreciate and hope to get out there and, and hear, you know, hearing both sides of, of the of the story and both sides of the conversation is really awesome, and I appreciate that. So, um, so tune in next week. Hopefully, I'll have uh, have that show for you. Um, and uh, I guess uh, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. Yeah.